welcome. Cool. Thank you. Well, thank you for being be here. here. Yeah. 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 And, um, I f- started following you um, like a few months ago. And then okay. like eventually after like the 10th thing that you posted made me, Mac made after me dark? crack the fuck up. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Like, whether it was sometime your story or just something you posted. Okay. That I was just like, yo, I got to Wait, like- it took 10 jokes to make you laugh. That's not good numbers for me. <laughs> I know. No, you know, I don't know what <laughs> okay. it was. It just clicked. I was like, I th- something you posted um was it about the thirst traps uh no i don't think so i don't think it was something but then it was like that's what made me like go listen to your podcast then i was listening to the uh episode um what's the girl that you uh hosted with like valeria valeria she she is hilarious she is funny i I was like uh she um she like kept calling everything like fucking hot it was hilarious i know i like burst out laughing when she was like um she was like i i guess yeah, you guys had a, a guest on uh, Johnny. Johnny, and, uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, my friend. And, yeah, and she was like, and she was like, yeah, it'd be like hot if you were like a dolphin instructor. I was like, what? That's so fucking random. <laughs> and uh, no, I was just cracking up like the whole fucking episode. She's amazing. And um, then I, re- I remember hearing you uh, in that episode going like, they used to like play violin and shit. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh shit, you're a musician too. Yes. So yeah, but like eventually I was like, yeah, let me reach out to you. And then like you just happened to be in town. It just worked out perfectly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I'm happy to have you. I'm happy to be here. I I checked. I didn't watch the actual podcast, but mm-hmm. I was looking at your clips. Yeah. I feel like you can get a good vibe from a podcast with the clips. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, they're really well shot and very interesting conversation dialogue. So oh, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love um, I love like uh, I feel like one of the best aspects of like having a podcast um is getting to talk to comedians man oh yeah you guys are fucking great (laughs) like i love going to like see stand-up yeah like i love like like because sometimes i'll have like like a lot of serious topics in a row and Mm -hmm. like like comedians are like usually for me it's like this like therapeutic break from like from the serious topics yeah yeah. i feel like even when we're talking about serious topics we'll end up cracking a joke (laughs) And you're just like, what? You're talking about my grandma that <laughs> died. Like, that's not funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's how we cope. I, that's how I got into it was from coping from something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I, so. I I think for me, and, and we'll get into this, I, I think for me, um, it probably would have been, it would have been film, like like acting or comedy had it yeah. not been music. Because I was like, I was a class clown, like growing up. whole time and i think you have people just have creative minds i've always had a creative mind yeah so i knew i was going to utilize it in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. um and actually i wanted to be amused when i was a kid there were two things i wanted to be chelsea handler (laughs) and i didn't know she did stand up i just liked chelsea lately yeah i just liked that show i just wanted to be chelsea handler i would like pretend to be her um and then (laughs) or pharrell williams because he's from my hometown. So those yeah. were the two people that I idolized as a yeah. kid. One of them does music production. The other one's a comedian. Oh, that's so dope. So um, I obviously went the comedy route. But how I actually got into comedy is weird because I didn't know that Chelsea Handler was a comedian. I just, I, I don't know how. I just knew she did late night. So I thought yeah. she was just a public figure. Um, so I actually got into stand-up kind of by accident, but we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I didn't realize, like, because, like, a lot of the late-night guys, I didn't realize that they had, like, a... Stand-up like background. A, yeah, like a, like a mm-hmm. long past in comedy. Stand-up, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, mm-hmm. actually, I don't know. Did, it, did Conan ever do stand-up? Who is it? Conan? Pretty sure. Okay. And um, even some of my favorite actors, I loved, like, the Waynes Brothers, Jim Carrey, 
and mm-hmm. in living color all those types of shows i always wanted to like write for snl or yeah. be in snl but i didn't want to be an actor or actress mm-hmm. i wanted to just like write funny sketches mm-hmm. And I just had no idea the correlation between stand-up comedy and all this sketch comedy, which mm-hmm. is what I really liked. Yeah. Um, until I got into it. And then I was like, oh my God, this is like my destiny. Right. It's so corny, but this is what I'm meant to be doing. Um, and I just so happened to just fall into this world. Right. So. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Like, especially that, that like uh, path that it seems like every, um, for a while, it seemed like comedy was like being like, maybe used as an aggressive word, but like, like being used as like a, like a, a stepping stone to comedy movies, like yeah. guys like Eddie Murphy. And yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Cause like as a, as a kid, uh-huh. I, like, like I was born into like my first thing that I saw Eddie Murphy in was like a Dr. Doolittle. Like yeah. I wasn't like, I was I like 14 that. until I realized like, Oh he Apparently he's like the greatest. <laughs> like the, no, exactly. <laughs> same, same for me. Like I had all my, these favorite shows, and when I was a kid, I used to make funny mm-hmm. movies with my friends mm-hmm. and with my siblings. Yeah. And I would always emulate these people, and I had no idea that they originally started in stand up until I started in stand up, and it was just really eye opening for me. Mm-hmm. And it was cool because I always knew I wanted to do something, and um, in the industry. But when I moved out here, I originally thought that I wanted to be like a writer and director. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wanted to write and direct funny things. Um, so, yeah. Damn, that's great. So, uh, something we uh, have in common, we're both from the DMV. I know. Well, I'm kind of, I'm like a cheat. I'm like a, like a secondhand DMV, well, you know, Virginia we, Beach. You know what yeah. it is though? But like, like, I feel like, I feel like relative to how far away we're from it now. Yeah. It's like, I would, I would throw you Throw in me there. in there. Yeah. I did live in the DMV for a little bit, for like a year. I lived in Alexandria. Um, and it's the same vibe. It's very mm-hmm. similar. Maybe a little more chill in Virginia Beach. But, okay. but the, the same vibe. I think the same type of people. Yeah. I think good people. I think you get like the, the hospitality of the South and then mm-hmm. the hard work mentality of the North kind of blend right. into one in Virginia. Right. So. so so what was it that like, like because um, I'm always curious like why people like from our area, like mm-hmm. for the most part, like, because obviously like, I feel like a lot of like when we leave, like yeah. a lot of us go to like New York. Yeah. But then like that, like, like. I mean, going across the fucking country is not easy. It's but like, crazy, yeah. What was it for you where you're like, all right, I'm going to L.A.? Well, I had dated um, somebody pretty high up in the military for like three or four years, and we moved around a little bit. We moved to Florida. And I had just gotten to this point where I was in school studying communications because I wanted to be on TV. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm just getting older. The older I get, the less they're going to want me in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. I just need to go and just do this. And I've, I always had this dream of going to Hollywood since I was a little kid. I think everybody, a lot of people have that dream. Um, but I was reading The Alchemist. I don't know if you've read oh, that book. Shit, I haven't. This is like 10 years ago I read it. Okay. And I finally read it and the timing was so perfect. I had just gotten out of the relationship. I had money, enough, not a lot of money, but enough money to get me there. And, um, yeah, I just was like, it's now or never. I just felt called and not called, but the book really persuaded me to kind of follow mm-hmm. my heart. So Wait, and what I want, I want to make sure I'm thinking of the right thing. Um, what is Alchemist again? Alchemist is like a book. It's a story, um, with like lessons in it. I forget what that's called. I think it's oh, called Fable. I'm totally lying. I, I, I know an artist named the Alchemist. That's oh, I really? Like, Bro, I know who the fuck. No, oh, it's an artist, it's but I book. have no idea what the book is. Oh, it's is. an incredible book. Okay. You have to read it. And, um, 
I don't know what it's called when it's like a it's a story, but it teaches you a lesson. Is it called a fable? I think I'm making that up. Um, well, fables do that, but I don't know if yeah. it's like called. A- if it's all called, but that's what it is. It's a story. It's a fictional story, but it teaches you like a life lesson okay. in it. And um, are there like rabbits in it and shit? Because that would no, <laughs> that reminds me of a fable. I don't know why I like just a like talking, created that. Like wolf or some shit. I think there's like yeah, there's definitely weird stuff like that, yeah. but. Um, I'll I'll let you go read it, but he basically has he has this dream of going to the pyramids, and then he actually goes to the pyramids and tr- try to find treasure. And then the whole thing is like you realize that the journey is the treasure, right? But um, and that the the dream it's the point is to live out the dream on your heart. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! It's so corny, but I mean that's what I did, and I feel like I've gotten so much fulfillment from it, mm-hmm. even though even through all the bad things that I went through out here and um, even when I first moved out here, I, I went through some really bad stuff, which we'll talk about. But even through all of that, I felt like I was just getting to know myself at such a deeper level and just to follow this crazy dream. At the time, it seemed crazy. Now it doesn't mm-hmm. seem crazy to me at all. Yeah. But to follow this crazy dream, the sense of self-discovery that you get is pretty cool. Because yeah. as a kid, you're like, oh, I wish that, that could happen. And there's so many people that just, I wish that, that could happen or I wish that could happen. And then it's different right. to just get a U-Haul and put it on the back of your car and right. just drive and right. figure it out. And that's Bro, what I, I did. I, I, like, I left like... 90% of my shit back in. Yeah. Like, I just, cause I just wanted to get here as like easy and quickly as possible. Yeah. I, I like, I like, like planned it out though. Like I, like in 2018, I was like, all right, I'm going to move two years from now. Oh, yeah. No, cause planned. I, cause I, I knew that like, um, and I mean, thank God I did. Cause I mean, the pandemic made like shit even harder. Yeah. Right. But mm. like, I was like, no, nah, you know what? Like, like, cause especially in the music world, like it's, it's pretty small in the sense that, um uh i was like you know what if i spend like two years like trying to connect with people out there like now and like you know just do shit then i should be like being pretty good shape like yeah. as good shit you, ha- you, you have to do that i feel like it's like i say like do the time here yeah. <laughs> but it really is kind of like that because you have yeah. to um learn the industry and um make the connections that you need and the, the thing is about me though i had two thousand dollars in my bank account mm. i pawned the, the promise ring that my shitty ex gave me <laughs> it was like a nice prom it was like a engagement ring i pawned it i changed the wheels on my car got new wheels and then i have a convertible mustang mm. put a u-haul in the back and just literally drove and i remember at one point i was in arizona in like the desert or nevada i think i don't know and um my tire went flat. It had no cell service. And I was like, oh my God. But then I remembered I had my tire pump, so I just pumped it up. But it was interesting. Yeah, dude. As, yeah, and I, I feel like um, I, I was like, not that I would know that experience, but something tells me that being a, a young woman in LA, especially like looking for opportunity, yeah. that like, unfortunately, um la la is full of people that are consciously aware of what people are looking for yes and oh what a good way to put that yeah <laughs> that's, a, you know that's I mean? a nice way to put that actually like, so it's <laughs> a very polite way to put that yeah and i can only imagine uh being that i would say that most of those people i've run into are 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 men and where like i feel fortunate that my biggest issue yeah in could be that like oh uh maybe because like i'm not some young woman that they're like looking like because with those guys it's like it's like a double-edged sword kind yeah, of, yeah yeah because it's like it's like you're either a uh, a woman that they want to get with or mm-hmm. you're like a, a a 
a wealthy dude on their level that so like if you're a young dude trying to like make it you're kind of yeah. like forgettable to those guys yeah which i feel like i'd rather be forgettable to, to those guys and be, like and like be like a target yeah exactly than yeah be like hunted by them you know i think for me i didn't um what i came across wasn't really it was it was kind of in the industry mm. it's actually one the girl a girl that i was involved with was actually worse um who was in the industry but she was just a scam artist um who i who i first worked for when i got out here um but it was more like the mentality and i really like la there's i've met some of my greatest friends out here but there's kind of a doggy dog mentality i feel like new york has it as well but in new york people be rude but if they see that you need help they'll, they'll help you mm -hmm. and out here it's not really like that yeah. and I do, i'm not general i don't want to generalize because there are some fantastic people that i've met out here right. but it kind of seems like money um is the is the moral compass in la for a yeah. lot of people and that's kind of what happened to me mm. yeah i um i i remember i had a friend that moved out here that um because like I, I connect the dots like far out from when like something can be a problem i just That's remember good. yeah I, I mean i try and and you gotta um, listen to that voice because i will connect the dots and, and then i used <laughs> to not listen to the voice now yeah. i listen to the voice well see that that's the 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 privilege of getting in a bunch of trouble as a kid is that like, oh, I you no it. longer have a taste for it when you like become an adult because yeah. you realize like you, you like for me i got in so much trouble as a kid but i realized that because i was a kid like no one was really gonna like arrest me or fuck yeah. with me um so like like yeah like when you get older like now i can like laugh back and be like well thank god like you know like i don't i'm not you know i don't have that bug anymore but like no nah, i had a friend that moved here uh like two years ago and um they uh had a one bedroom at first but then like uh money started getting tight and they were like yo like I met these like cool, you know, like like kind of like these free spirit types, and like if I pay like four fifty a month, we can do like this co living thing in like a house in like WeHo or some shit. And I and I and it's like just from that, I was just like, you know, like you gotta you gotta like be able to see like this is one of those like checkpoints that in your life that like can really go yeah south. You, yeah there's like like a you a fork in the road kind yeah. of you can make this decision or this decision yeah. you gotta use your logic yeah because like and yeah. like you know and unfortunately like. Um. Uh, uh. God bless her soul. She's you know sweet person, but just not the smartest. Cause like when she was like, and she was like, and she's like, yeah, like you know, I don't even have to like. They're not even doing like a a a, a credit check. I don't have to like sign a lease. And I was like, you do know that also means like you can get kicked out at any at time, any time, right? So like, and she's like, yeah, they're probably gonna be like, like picking through your yeah, bag. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, and, and um, you know, uh, luckily she did not go through that with oh, that. That's good. Um, but yeah no it's it's uh but yeah i just imagine like out here like as a young like unless unless like i feel like if you're gonna come out here young um you have to, i i feel like it's it's best to have like a very 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 solid plan not just for the sake of like oh that's a responsible adult thing but just because there's a lot of like people here that mm -hmm are just really really good at bringing you onto their path to do whatever like they need done for them like that, and you, that yeah yeah that's you know? very similar to what happened to me well i, I also think too if i was very naive i think i think i believed that i don't know if it's because i'm from virginia mm. but i just believe that everybody's good at their core i truly believed mm. that until i moved to la <laughs> 
and um, have what I'm glad you laughed because I didn't want to laugh yeah no like, it's <laughs> hilarious I thought everyone was just good and so I would meet people who were maybe doing this or doing that and I would just, I think I was just overly trusting I was a little naive I mean I wasn't I wasn't dumb I knew when things were bad or good or whether I should go do this or go do that but I still just believed oh if I, I can trust them they'll, mm-hmm. they'll do what they say they're gonna do mm-hmm. and that's just oh, it's just not the reality yeah. so it was just a pretty harsh wake up call for me and you know I had lived all over I lived in D.C. Um, I lived in Tampa I lived in San Diego for a little while before I came up here and so I thought I was like oh, I'll be fine right. but I just didn't yeah. realize you know once you get people with a lot of money um it changes things it yeah. kind of changes and it's not even like just like a like a lot of money out here it's you run into people who have a lot of money and got it through like weird yeah. ways like whether like clever like scamming. or yeah or just fucking downright illegal scamming yeah. yeah yeah so so yeah but it's a it's a uh uh <laughs> What, what what do you were were there like any key moments while you were here that you f- felt like like oh maybe this needed to happen for you to like get to the next level in some aspect of your yeah life? for sure I okay. feel I feel that way about um, everything I experienced it was really hard so I'll I'll condense the story but essentially I was almost beaten to death hmm. um, and I sustained a brain injury and the people that were there the night of. Um, I have good reason to believe that they received money to, so when I finally went into the police station to uh, press charges, there was a police report with somebody who was there the night of, not the person who did it, that was just like full of lies. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's pretty much probably all I'll say about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really hard for me and more so just because brain injuries so i had post-concussion syndrome it's essentially like if you've ever had a concussion it's like having a concussion for three years just every day you wake up and you feel off you don't like to be in the sun you feel dizzy you feel confused you repeat yourself you forget things Mm -hmm. um and each year it kind of progressively got better and i would say i'm better now i just got a brain scan he said everything looks normal so that's very good Praise God. But it's a very depressing and isolating time, um, especially before I knew that it was a post-concussion syndrome because I thought you just got a concussion and then you got better like a couple weeks later. Right. But no, you can. some people have had it for longer. Some people have it for like 20 years. Yeah. Wow. So I was just very adamant about getting better and healing. But one of the things that I would do when I was so depressed is I would go on my Instagram and just go on like funny rants because that was my way of like getting a cathartic release of the depression was like laughing or making myself laugh. And I had so many people tell me to try to do stand up that eventually I was like, oh, well, I'm just, let me just do it. I'm the most depressed I've ever been in my entire life. Might as well try it. Like if I do bad on stage, it can't be worse than my reality. So yeah. I'll just, um, I'll just try it. And then I tried it and, and like, I was like, oh, wow. I, I think, oddly enough, I think this was, like, meant to happen. Mm. I mean, I hate to say that. I mean, that... I could have done without it, but... Have you you heard of, uh, you know, Roseanne... Roseanne Barr? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you have you heard her her story? Of... No, but I was just watching her podcast with Theo Vaughn the oh, okay. other day. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah. That I was love Theo crazy Vaughn. shit. Yeah, but um, no. So when she was apparently uh, like fifteen or sixteen mm-hmm. or something like that, she got um, 
I think she was like crossing the street and she got hit. Oh, she got hit. hit by a bus. Yeah. I and, think I did hear her, her say that. And then uh, after that, she was just like never the same. Like like everyone in her life was like, yeah, like there's like a very big difference. And all that like wackiness and shit that made her famous and love for, you know, being Roseanne. What almost happened from that. It's it's all from that. And like, that's and so what essentially what happens when you have a brain injury. So if you think about it, like your brain is kind of like jello and i'm obviously not a doctor but it breaks a part of it so all those little neural pathways that you have in your brain that are you your mm -hmm. identity me mac um they're broken and so one thing that really happens that's really depressing when you have a post-concussion syndrome or a tbi is you have this loss of self where you just you're in your body you know that you're there but you don't feel like yourself. Hmm. And so it really is almost like a reinvention as you're healing because I'm still me. I still have my memories. You know, I still have my experiences. Although some of my memories went away for a while. Wow. It's, it's uh, brain injuries are a crazy experience and everyone didn't really realize how bad it was because I seemed like I was fine mm -hmm. for the most part. I just seemed maybe a little loopy and yeah well i mean the toughest the toughest disabilities are the ones that aren't vis that visible. you can't see yeah and um and people are like oh you're just you know you're just sad and i'm like no there's there's something wrong with <laughs> me insane. yeah it's crazy but yeah. but all in all i learned a lot and yeah i think i think that as well i don't think the old me would have gotten on stage ever i was way mm -hmm. too shy i like to do sketch stuff i mm -hmm. would have definitely done sketch stuff but i was really shy really modest and i couldn't have handled any sort of criticism where now it's like oh my god the internet says the worst things about yeah. me all the time what was uh what was that like like before getting into it how mm -hmm. much like how because i know like some comedians like didn't really like uh know a whole lot about like mm -hmm. stand-up culture or even mm -hmm. like watch a lot mm -hmm. of stand-up and then like some like already like have seen every fucking special but like how like well versed were you in the comedy world i really liked dimitri martin growing up okay. um i had like a fascination with him i thought he was so <laughs> funny and i definitely loved whose line is it anyway in living color snl like i said like that i really i still that's like my goal especially even with my podcast is to one day maybe turn it into like a sketch comedy show yeah. or late night comedy show. I don't know. But so I definitely understood that. But as far as stand up, no, I didn't know anything. I thought that when you went on stage, every time you said something different for like the first Yo. three shows, <laughs> so I went on stage and I would like say something different until I was talking to this comedian friend of mine. He's like, no, you say the same shit. Like yeah. what do you, so I, this guy um, really helped me learn a lot about comedy, but um, I don't know. I, I was also just, I was at such a low place in my life that it was kind of like, I didn't listen to what anyone had to say mm. that you could have told me, don't do that ever again. Yeah. I'm, like, oh, I'm going to go on stage again right now. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> it's either this or I off myself yeah, right. <laughs> so for real. I was so yeah. depressed. That's so, that so. is, that's crazy. I mean, like, can you, do you have any idea? Cause I know you said like, like some mm -hmm. people suggested it to, to mm -hmm. you, but like, was there like like internally i guess like what was that switch that just like made sense um it was being told i mean i didn't do a great job when i first went on stage but it was being told i was funny i always thought i was funny but i didn't think i didn't know if other people thought i was funny it was me being repeatedly told on the internet oh, you're funny you're funny you're funny you're funny 
and it was starting to click in my head. And then once I got on stage, I was like, oh, I, I, that wasn't that bad. And then it started after that to line up with my childhood dream, which kind of goes back mm. to The Alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that book. But it, it started to align with other things that I had since childhood that I was dreaming about. And I was like, maybe this is some, and maybe it was just me trying to get over the trauma. Mm. But I was like, oh, maybe this is like destiny. Maybe that's why I went yeah. through this. Or maybe it's like my reward for getting through this is finding my dream, which I kind of have. It's sometimes like, even like on the way here, like I'm driving through the old places where I was like suffering and couldn't even drive in the sunlight for like two years. Um, my body would just like stop working. It's so scary. Um, cause sunlight's really bad on your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, but just like driving over here and it's like, it's so crazy that at this point in my life, and I'm kind of like living it. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm kind of starting to live it where I'm getting invited on podcasts and I'm performing on big at big venues. And it's so crazy because the fifth, this is crazy. The five-year anniversary, this is total accident. The five-year anniversary of my brain injury to the night was my first time performing at the comedy store. Whoa. And it oh, was an accident. And I was doing, I was just doing roast battle, but roast battle is actually kind of hard. And I won. Wow. Yeah, my first roast battle. Dude, nah, that that's some like I like yeah, that's some like stars aligning shit. I know, I'm so corny. <laughs> no, no, but for real. <laughs> but it's though, cool, like, but that's, Yeah, wow. I mean, I really suffered a lot and you know, people don't want to hear about you suffering. I mean, I have some friends that were obviously very good, but you know, people don't want to hear. They don't they don't really care. Most people don't really care. So little things like that just make me really happy. It's like oh, the universe cares. Yeah. <laughs> God cares. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, well, first, I, I think I think your story is is interesting because I think I think brain injuries for some reason are like synonymous with like either you know like like football players who get like CTE or like know, or just like old terrible. old people who yeah you know just over time their their brain yeah. is deteriorating. So like I I actually think like anytime like the few people young people that I've met that like. They didn't, you know, it's not because they're an athlete or anything. Like, they got it because of, like, some specific event. It's slip and fall. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, to, to work your way up and, like, make something out of yourself yeah. after that, Thanks. that's fucking awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you kind of get to a point where you're like, okay, I can just be a victim. I mean, I, I was a victim in this situation, but I can either just be a victim or a victim or victor. And mm -hmm. I just feel like that's a, a theme in my life. Um, not to say like I'm some wholly amazing person, but I, I do make choices. Like I actively make choices at those low moments. What can I do to take this negative and make it a positive? And mm -hmm. I think that's what I saw in comedy. All these, I was getting pushed towards this thing and then it just so happened to line up with all my childhood dreams. And it's like, okay, well, I'm, it feels like this is like destined. Mm -hmm. So I might as well give it all that yeah. I have. And it's interesting too, cause I, I do have issues with my memory just a little bit, not too bad. So I'd, I'd say it's pretty much gone at this point, but even mm. memorizing my set, I felt like it was good exercise for my brain. Oh shit. Yeah. So it's, it's all depends on how you look at things. Yeah. You know? That's interesting. I mean, so like what, what, um, something I, I like some of my favorite memories as a musician, I mean, I've been a musician now for 16 years, and... Um, it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. And uh, I feel like, like some of the most powerful uh, experiences I had was, like, the first few times 
it's like when you start getting good at something, like yeah. maybe like you, you level one, then you get to like level two, mm-hmm. and then you see somebody who's like on level 10 Mm -hmm. and because now you've done it a little bit Mm -hmm. you've now done just enough to know like that's possible right yes that's where i'm in comedy right now crazy like it is to be that fucking good at that thing yeah so like for you when you started off like what was it what was it like after then getting a little bit of experience and then seeing people do that shit at like a really high level? I mean, I think I'm there right now. Yeah. I mean, I've only been doing it four years, about almost five years, and COVID was some of that. So I wasn't really getting on stage for, okay. during COVID that much. Yeah. I maybe went on a couple of times. So I still feel like I have a lot of room to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most comedians are going to say that if you're honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But I see people like, I really like Theo Vaughn's act because I've watched some older videos of him and I feel like he has turned himself into almost a character. And I really admire stuff like that um, where you're kind of taking your whole persona and turning it into a character. I don't know, maybe I'll do something like that. But um, no, I've been having those moments now. And even I, I do have some famous comedian friends and just being able to interact with them and having them like just be my friends and i mean i don't like act weird around them or they're just my friends but that's what's even weirder to me it's like oh these are just my friends and then i forget like oh they're fucking famous yeah so um or even like i've had people know me at my shows that's weird yeah yeah i had people come to my show and they were like oh you're big mark lawson and i was like whoa that's (laughs) fucking weird So I'm at that point right now where as long as I just keep working hard, stay disciplined, you know, and I think something that's really interesting about comedy in particular, I mean, you can definitely be an egomaniac and be a comedian, but I think you you have to be honest with yourself, at least at the beginning. Mm. You have to be very confident, but at the same time, very honest with yourself Mm -hmm. because you have to be honest with yourself in front of a crowd. If yeah. the crowd's not laughing, that's not the crowd's fault. Yep. No matter what. <laughs> and there's sometimes I'm like, oh, I fucking hate that crowd. But then it's like, actually, that's my fault. Yeah. I didn't get their attention. Yeah. How can I get their attention next time? Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I mean, you're probably like the, the like tenth or comedian or so I've had on the podcast, mm-hmm. and through like all the conversations I've had with you guys, it's um crazy how identical. Mm-hmm the path to becoming a great comedian and like a great like classical musician. Oh, is, I could see that. actually fucking like crazy similar. Mm. And um, yeah, there's something about, uh, but I've always said that like we're privileged because like this, like there's like, there's like a clearer path to like, well, success mm-hmm. um, in, in, uh, you know, if you're trying to like play for an orchestra or a band, I mean, it's hard as fuck. There's, but like, it's it's clear in the sense that like, oh, you know, UCLA has a music department. All these colleges yeah. have a music department, and then they hire people that are in those orchestras and bands to like teach at them. So there's this like established network yeah. where like, if you want to be at that level, you can go to this thing and like work to try to get there. Mm-hmm. But with comedy, it's like the process is so. It requires you to be extremely fucking disciplined versatile and versatile. because you're not you're not gonna have yeah and exactly because yeah. you're not gonna have like um, you're like uh, an entrepreneur with but you don't even know what you're doing like with exactly. no real job it's not like you're an entrepreneur like oh I have like a marketing company it's like you're an entrepreneur and like 
I'm just trying to figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> it's like exactly. what it is. And, and the crazy thing yeah. is like like the musical equivalent would be like being real with yourself or being maybe at least self-aware enough to know that like, hey, like, you know, these concerts that I'm putting on for like my mom and on, yeah. um, you know, and family and shit, like their applause, like it's it's great. But like, I got to be self-aware enough to know that like, oh, yeah. well, I mean, they're going to support you no matter what. Yeah. And but I can, I, I, I feel like with comedy, like, um, like the self-awareness like required to become great at it and yeah. like the discipline to like realize like yeah like oh, okay like you know i got these laughs but like the stakes weren't really that high if you know or they if, were cheap laughs yeah they like, were like cheap premises right yeah right because if you had to go on between like uh theo vaughn and like dave Chappelle. Like, would you... I wouldn't be like, I gotta leave. <laughs> I can't right, do the right, show right now. Right, because you would... Call re- me in five years, exactly, please. Exactly, <laughs> because there's certain... Because, like, just, like, Three in years. music, you'll realize, like, oh, it's not just, like... Like, because you can go to a high school musician's recital and see that they have the same talent level as a professional player, uh-huh. but then, like, the polish that the professional player yeah. has and the presentation yeah. and the poise and shit, that's when you realize, like... Oh, like how how do I get to that level? Like, yeah, I've got the meat and the potato, but like mm-hmm. how do I like like mm-hmm. uh, you ever like like cooked a dish, mm-hmm. but then like realize like oh like I mean the shit tastes good, but like I also have to like make the plate look good yeah, as well, to make it more appetizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, you gotta like really get it fucking like refined and tight. And mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I'm always curious like how comedians like like get to that like that place i mean i think that's i'm kind of in the thick of it right now Mm -hmm. i think um a lot of it is finding your voice Mm. um and then once you once you find your voice i think it that part becomes probably the polishing probably becomes fun Mm -hmm. i'm in the middle of i think i know my voice now but i'm i'm definitely in the middle of just fully like um using it i think Mm -hmm. i don't know if that is good but like i know my voice but it's like i'm almost like trying to like breathe in it when i get on stage um so i it's just numbers and that's why like some of my friends i'll be like oh yeah i've been doing it like five years and like i have my one friend who's like i shouldn't even be talking to you right now (laughs) he's just joking but he's like you're too you're too new um but i i get what he's saying and there are comedians that have come up a lot faster than that um but i also think there's a there's like a difference you can tell when you get one of these seasoned comedians on stage there's something different about their performance mm-hmm. even if like it's like a new comic who's famous and been doing it you know five years and there's a couple comics who have just gotten so famous after five years they're still mm-hmm. great on stage mm-hmm. but then you get these guys or girls that have been just doing it forever and you're like wow it's like they're just up there sitting mm-hmm. in their performance they're they're zoning mm-hmm. and that's what i aspire to get to but i have some time yeah no for sure i mean it's uh i'd rather oh and uh, sorry yeah, to interrupt but it's like i see these people taking the fast route and i could very easily you know use my like girlness looks <laughs> to get where i want to go yeah. but i don't really want that i don't want the quick route i want to actually be good Mm. you know because you can get famous pretty easily and you could sell out um venues pretty easily Mm -hmm. but am i going to be around in five years if i just rush my way to do that no interesting yeah i mean well first before i forget that the um uh what you said about like like watching somebody who's been doing it for a while and like 
just seeing them like like real comfortable mm-hmm. um there was like when i was a kid and i would hear uh professional musicians like maybe i would hear like somebody in high school or college like play uh like a like a full piece like maybe it's like a technically really impressive thing but then like you go maybe to the la phil and and they're you know playing at eight but you Mm. get there at 7 30 and like you hear you know whatever instrument you play like you hear that instrument like warming up on stage and just like those like warm up notes yeah you can hear like how fucking good they are just from like those like like rudimentary Mm warm-up drills and there's something there's something about like like i'm I'm not a big uh baseball person but i know that if i saw like um derek jeter working on his swing in the batting cage i know that i would see that like yeah that's like not it becomes a part of them right and i i was a gymnast too Mm -hmm. i was a gymnast for 18 years and I was a little 10, so I was just a little bit below. I, was, I wasn't, my body wasn't made for it. My brain wasn't made for it. But I got to level 10, which I think is a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah. Um, but I was friends with uh, Gabby Douglas. I trained with Gabby Douglas. Wow. Um, a lot of uh, really high-level girls, too, not just her. And when they, by the time they got to that level, I mean, them doing the flips on the beam and stuff, it was like walking to them and me too for my skills but i mean for them stuff that i couldn't have never done i'm just too tall um but i think it's kind of the same concept when you really master your craft Mm -hmm. and that's i'm not in a rush right you know i think some people are like oh if i can just get you know to a million followers and just perform at this place and do this and it's like when you do it that way i feel like you you're just like one and done. Mm-hmm. I want to be somebody who takes my time and, and learns about myself, learns about my style um, and really perfects what I'm doing mm-hmm. before I try to get on. Oh yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like something you said earlier about, you know, how you're like, you know, yeah, I could just like, you know, use your girliness and your looks to, yeah, that's something you know, that's very prominent out here in LA. So I've, I've actually never commented on it just cause like as a guy, I'm like, you know what? Like, like it's probably, it's probably not my place, but I have seen in the last Especially in the last year, but definitely like the last girls year. that are very funny that are famous. But because see, because as a guy, like I feel That's like funny. I feel like it's you know what man, like maybe like like because oh it's annoying for me because it's like you're just feeding the stereotype that girls aren't funny. It's particularly particularly really good looking women that are just like on stage talking. Yeah, and it's I don't ever want to be that, and so I look I'm honest with how with my abilities on stage. I, there's there's been like I think I bombed once in the past year. Okay, that's not bad. Why well, don't I go up? I don't go up as much as I should, but but you know I'm honest with myself about what I can and can't do on stage, and I could very well just go up there and keep their attention and da da da. But I'm not looking for the cheap laughs or the <laughs> or oh I just got through it. I want to make people laugh and I want yeah. people to remember. Oh wow, she was really good. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of comics like that. They're just getting on stage and they're it's like are you it's like a meme they're like it's like a meme that i read and it's like in their set and i'm like you're at the laugh factory i'm so confused who's booking you yeah it's not to throw any shade but i mean i guess i am so no no i mean it's it's uh uh like yeah i mean looks looks gets you far in in damn near every industry but I, i do think though that like regardless i mean to really sell out like the arena someday and to like really really you have like, to keep your fans yeah and you, you, you like i feel like there is a certain level that like you just cannot get to if you're like not actually if you're funny. not good like yeah. like i think you can get hot 
you can you can like go on like a little run for sure and like yeah. get like grow like a big or get books yeah. or get movies and yeah stuff like but that. like like to do like to to sell out on like a level that like the gaffigans and mm-hmm. Chappelle's in the world mm-hmm. like you actually have to be like fucking like killing and that's the thing is like um i really love ali wong yeah she's one of my f- and she is just an she's an amazing writer mm-hmm. i dream to be and i know i have the ability um but like i said it's just a numbers game and then it's just really getting to know my voice even more i don't have the mind for it just now it's just the practice Mm -hmm. so um and i could easily come on here and be like oh i'm the funniest person ever (laughs) but um and i well i am funny but um it really is it's it's like a muscle you have to grow so and i appreciate i appreciate like it's like um i feel like most of the comics i've had on here have not felt the need to be like like fucking like try to like you know be like funny and shit all the time because like yeah a lot of comedians that get on podcasts like you can oh tell God. that there's like this like urge it's like to a like, competition of like yeah, who can get the most attention yeah That's, okay so after the show like after you go on stage and like everybody's hanging out that is how it is in the green rooms like it's just everybody fighting to like be entertaining it's like guys we're comedians yeah I know you're funny. Like you don't have to be cracking a joke. I, don't I guess I do it sometimes, but I annoy myself when I do it. I'm like, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you don't need to make these people laugh. Right. I mean, of course, like if you know, if it's like if it's like a genuine response to like you know what somebody's saying, that's different. But like, yeah, those those like moments where you can tell, like, because I'm not even a comedian, but when I listen to like, um, it's like uh, like there's there's always fields where like. Uh, when they're just when people are just by themselves like they're mm-hmm. fine but then like if there's one other person in their field there then you like see this like side of them that's just like yeah, awful so weird. and some com- <laughs> some comedians where it's like like when it's just them it's fine but then like add like one more comedian yeah. to the mix and just like what are you guys doing What's- it's a weird it's a weird culture but it's just it's all how you respond to stuff um and who you choose to spend your time with mm-hmm. i pretty much try not to spend too much time with comedians just because it always ends up being a problem mm. especially the men i've had um i've had to really be like no i'm not hanging out with you like i'm oh, not shit. interested in like because it's like a high school you're gonna see these people yeah. as I mean, unless they quit or you quit i'm not gonna quit they're probably not gonna quit so you're gonna see them no matter what mm-hmm. for the next 10 years of your life because reality there's just not that many i mean there are a lot more now but it's a small world mm-hmm. and so i've i've had to tell some comics like i'm not we're not going on a date like mm-hmm. i'm not trying to to do this with you because it's just well, if it goes sour i gotta perform in front of you yeah. Ugh, that sounds terrible I don't know. that's so for, to me that seems like a no-brainer just yeah like, but you would think well because every comedian <laughs> is like on a podcast these days and shit and it's yeah like, bro why would you like why would you want to like and it's like naturally of course like things come up and shit like that it's like bro why would you even want to like open yourself up to like drama like, yeah like you know what i mean like oh well that's just men in general that's yeah, <laughs> just what men do they point. live for the rush the yeah. thrill of possibly ruining their lives yeah. but I, I don't know i mean i wonder i wonder what like i mean when i actually no i don't i don't find like like a like an oh for me like a a, a a talented like female musician 
I don't think like like they're not any more or less attractive than like any other like attractive. I definitely woman. like comedians. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I just had to stop because <laughs> I saw that it, I was like, you know, if I fall in love with one of these guys mm-hmm. and then they break my heart, <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna have to quit. Yeah. Because I know how I am. So then I'm like, I just can't do this. Is just bad. I just mm-hmm. can't do it. So I made that decision um, a little over a year ago, and it was a good decision for sure. It seems like the comedians with, like, the healthiest relationships are the ones that are, like, married to people that do, like, the opposite. The opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, like, well, I have, have, I'm not going to say their names, but I have two comedians on my list of (laughs) where I, it's like your cheat list, like when you're married. Right. I have two comedians. (laughs) But it's only those two. (laughs) There's, and I can't add any more. So if they hit on me, I'll be like, okay. All right. Well, that's shit. It. They'll know when it, when it, <laughs> when know it happens. Not, yeah. But that's not an invitation, yeah. everybody. <laughs> God. Oh, uh, no. I know. Right. Unfortunately, like, if there's, like, going to be, like, th- like a, a thousand male comedians listening to this, every single one of them are going to think they have a shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just think it's funny because um i always hate because I, I feel like i'm mean but um i'm coming to la for like three days i'm here to work okay right it's very busy i know a lot of people here and people will just text me and they'll be like so come do this and i'm like what makes you think i have time to do that mm-hmm. like what like why like i barely know you why are you saying you think i want to come do that with you no i don't <laughs> I have things going on. Like I have friends that I actually know that I want to hang out with. Yeah. Why do you just assume men always do that? Not all men. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I like men. I'm not a man hater, but just like a lot of men, they just assume like that. You just want to be with them. And you're like, dude, what are you? Stop. Like, like just like random, like, yo, like people that with, I like, know, but like, I don't know them that well. And like, Oh, you're coming here to do this. Like almost like telling me that I'm going to spend time with them. I'm like, actually I'm not. Oh yeah. I'm actually yeah. editing in my room and it's, ac in here you know (laughs) like it's so hot here yeah um it's been hot the whole time i've been here so oh yeah well i mean shit i like uh santa monica's like cool like 10 months out of the year yeah and then like i mean for me my building having no ac i just know that there's like two months where i'm just gonna be like sweating yeah that's a good detox yeah exactly exactly (laughs) but yeah no i mean i mean it's uh so 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 how i've never actually thought of what like Miami's comedy scene is like. Like what is that like? So when I first moved to Miami, it was during COVID and I was only gonna be there for about three months and I was gonna work some bottle service and then leave. Uh-huh. Um, because it was open, mm-hmm. people were going to clubs, so I thought it was a good opportunity to go make some money. And then I got out there and I was like, actually, I fucking love it here. Mm-hmm. And I just never left. At my apartment, I'm still in the same place. I just uh, obsessed. So I started doing doing stand-up out there, and I am a newer comic, especially, you know, when I first moved out there, including COVID, I had been doing it pretty much less than a year. Mm. I mean, because COVID, I really rarely went on stage. Okay. Um, so one thing that was really good about it is that it's very easy for me to get time. Oh, okay. And I have seen the scene grow in the past, you know, however many years, two, three years since COVID, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people have moved down there. They either moved out of New York. A lot of like famous people have moved to LA. They're just, or to Miami, they're just done with LA. Okay. So the whole kind of culture there has changed. To me, it feels like LA pre-pandemic, oddly enough. And that's why I just refuse to leave. There's more opportunity. There's definitely less actors and actresses, which to me is um, 
frustrating because I like to do sketch comedy, so it's hard to find people to do that with. So that's why I come out here a lot to do that. Um, But definitely a a growing scene out there. And I feel like it's helped me because when you live in LA, you're more seen as like a competition Mm. by other, not not really, but kind of subtly in the back of their mind. So you almost have to smooze your way into getting on stage sometimes. But when you when I'm living in LA or Miami and I come to LA, it's like I'm a commodity. Oh, well, let me put you on this show. Oh, you're in town for this long. Oh, let nice. me see if I can get you on this. Oh, oh. you want to do roast battle with me? Oh, come do this or film this with me. So it's actually worked um, to my advantage, and I'm just kind of going with it. Yeah, you know? no, that's, that's, that that sounds like um like apparently because uh, like you know Joe Rogan and a bunch of people moved to Austin. Oh, and Austin's amazing. I'm obsessed with hear. Austin. That's why I hear. I visited the first time and I was like, what is all this about? Like it can't be that great. Like it's hot, it's Texas. Like I went there and it what what it was about Austin, the stand up was amazing. They were just saying stuff that I could have dreamed of saying on stage. I'm like, you just said that? Oh my God. And it it really um kind of invigorated me i guess mm-hmm. uh it just gave me like a sense of like oh wow it's not dead like i can still yeah. say crazy yeah. things and get away with it look at all these people getting away with it so it was that and then also just like the people there mm-hmm. i don't know if i just had a really good trip or what but um i went to the mothership and i my friend got me like vip and i just felt so cool and then um I just got to hang out with a bunch of the big comics, and I was I just had a good time. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, yeah that's uh, I don't know something about uh, L.A. It seems like I mean it seems like the the scene is good if like it seems like it's very much still there for like if you want to have that combination of like you know like doing comedy in multiple. Um, I guess, uh, uh, avenues. Like if you want to be in comedy movies and do stand up and do this, but no, you're right. They're, 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 um, uh, and I hate like, like the connotation that's attached. Like when you say like PC culture, cause like, you know, whatever, but like, like, there, there is something about that that has definitely, um, scared LA comics. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I have a couple jokes that, you're not going to find funny if you're sensitive. You're just going to stop listening as soon as I start it. Mm. And I realized they don't hit as hard in LA because the crowd is just like, what is she about to say? And they're so like offended before Mm. I even say anything bad that they forget. They don't even laugh. So I really, I have to change my, the way I deliver my standup almost a little bit. Damn. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're more like the, um, like Seinfeld, Kevin Hart, like family friendly. Um, so I, I like, like to play on stereotypes. I talk about stereotypes a lot. Oh, okay. I, I, I think it's funny. funny. Yeah. yeah. But like, like yeah. I feel like every Kevin Hart joke I've like heard in the last two or three years starts off with like my daughter or like my son or something yeah. like that, where it's just, it's just a very accessible. It's not, yeah. like, it's not pushing the envelope in any way. And yeah, I mean that, that will work for like the, like, yeah, for like the, the I don't know, because there, there, there's there's certain kind of comedy fans too. Mm-hmm. Just like there's mm-hmm. like, just like you know how there's um I guess the musical equivalent is like a Taylor Swift who has a million people like a like a, a million fans that like mm-hmm. like her mm-hmm. versus like some like insane heavy metal band that has like 
30,000 fans that would like Obsessed. die for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Comedy is very similar is, to is music very similar? in that okay. way. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying that my jokes are always going to be tailored this way. It just happened like when I started comedy, it was like during COVID and all of this. So I just, I don't know. I just felt the need to talk about certain mm-hmm. things. Like I'm, it's very self-deprecating. Um, I make fun of white people a lot. I mean, I, I can do that, right? Like, I don't know. Um, but, you know, so it's fun. But who knows if I'll continue doing that? Who knows what I'll evolve into? But I think you're right. And that's a good thing about social media, too. Mm. And what I'm trying to really um, focus on at the same time as my podcast, at the same time as my stand-up, is also just getting my voice out there on social media. Mm. So my fans can get to know me and get to know my style, get to know my personality. And I think that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why comedians have do podcasts is because when you get to know the person behind the comedy, the comedy almost becomes better. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that. I mean, I, I've always in, in my head, um, uh, like I didn't start listening to a non comedy podcast for like two years after, like, 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 I was like, oh, well, I, I guess there are podcasts about other <laughs> things. Aren't and like, not comedy, you know? Like, because I, I, I really feel like comedians funny. Like, own podcasts, and then like the yeah. rest of us are just like second. You know, yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. Except you know, true crime podcasts; oh, right, those yeah, are pretty is, good. Yeah, yeah. whole other thing. I'm probably gonna listen to some tonight, actually. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard about people dying enough lately. Oh right, yeah. I'm right. starting to itch. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. It, yeah, that's its own. God, that's a <laughs> white women, bro. <laughs> well, I, I have a joke about that. I mean, I won't tell the whole joke, but I have a joke basically that we the premise of it is that we seek out these dangerous things because mm. our life is too easy oh which kind of makes Damn. sense right like all the all the crazy things it's always white people doing it <laughs> and me like me i would do that shit like i swam with sharks i've landed an airplane on my first try yeah. i've done all this crazy shit just i want to feel that taste see the bruh, see that's why that's why i love <laughs> i love i'm so grateful i grew up in baltimore because yeah. like yeah man like scary shit is not <laughs> i cool. know baltimore's scary yeah, no like 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 you know you know it's like um i don't think a lot of people have ever actually really like sat in a room with like murderers i like i don't think like like and it's it's just not a good feeling yeah, I think it, since I've been to LA, I probably have. I'm I'm sure I've met one or two. Well, I actually yeah. know I met one guy, and then I found out later. But I I knew you just had a weird feeling mm-hmm. about him. But see, every, everybody everybody even out even out here though, like it's funny. Like there's something about LA that's just so uh, like everyone everything and everyone has like a style to what they do, even if they're like a fucking murderer. <laughs> Like, like, it's like, oh, like, there's, like, a murderer vibe and, like, a murderer, like, like aesthetic and shit. But, like, in Baltimore, bro, it's, like, you realize, like, oh, like, bro, there's, like, uh... Like, like sitting like, next to you at the desk? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, it's, like, it's, like, a perfectly normal person who has, like, a warrant out on them for, like, four murders. That's what, the, that's what suburbia will do to you. Yeah. And I'm not saying all Baltimore is suburbia, but no, no, I mean, but, but that I, lifestyle will do it to you. Because well, there's a one when you're when you're from a place where violence has become generational. Yeah. It, yeah. That that's it's like you you look at violence different. Mm-hmm. Like vi- like to me growing up, violence was like was a disease. 
Wow. It was like, a, oh, like you at seven years old saw your two older brothers get like sprayed by bullets. So like, that's why you're like out here, like killing people at 13 too. Wow. That's, you know what I mean? Like, so it's just, rough. it's different. Like it's different than like, oh, I'm going to kill this person because like, maybe I can make money and I'm like adult choosing this. But like when it's a culture that like raises people to be yeah. killers, when you come from, it's like, okay, that's. Yeah, it's like violence is kind of all you know because that's what you grew up around. Mm-hmm. So it's your natural. It's like your instinct. Like yeah. kind of, I mean, not not the same, but my, my parents used to fight a lot. Yeah. And really, really bad. Like just really crazy, really mean. Mm-hmm. And I realized that as I got older, I had those same tendencies. I still kind of do. Yeah, no, same. My, my parents, my parents. <laughs> You're like, like, I this. still have violence. Yeah. I don't want to punch you right now. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get this white bitch out of here. I'm just kidding. Man, <laughs> I'm just I, not for real. And I, I just, I'm just, I'm grateful, like, because so, I, like, self-awareness is, is like the first step. Yeah, for everyone. But, like, but it, it, but it's like the big step. It's like, yeah, as long as you know that, like, okay, you come from this, which means like, okay, I might tend to do this or that. Yeah, that's like 99% of it. And then yep. like the, the rest is like developing, re- realizing like, oh, there are like. Because it's bigger than like, oh, I shouldn't do this. I can't do this. I like shouldn't be here. Right. Yeah. Right. And you realize like you yeah. got to like replace those things with like other habits. It's not enough to just be like, don't do that. It's yeah. like, here are the things I should do. Yeah. Like for me, don't be around people that are going to piss me off. Mm-hmm. That's like one thing I've realized about myself. I just, I cannot. Mm-hmm. Because once I get angry, I'm like, I'm not violent, but I'm ugly in other ways. So I just, mm-hmm. if I'm in a relationship with somebody and I see some things, I'm like, you know what? This is just... Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, a big part of of a big part <laughs> of uh, surviving this game is just simply like knowing the games that like you just shouldn't be playing like at all. Just like, yeah, don't, just don't put yourself in those situations yeah. and fuck around and find out. But yeah, um, yeah, dude, violence, true time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it makes sense though, because like people who grew up where it's like, oh, like the craziest thing that happened in my life was that like uh, when I was like thirteen, my neighbor's house burned down and like a kid was like in there i mean which is sad and shit but like like i i don't think i don't think people know yeah like I, it makes sense that like the people who like crave that shit don't because like there's like no like nice like story with like background music backing that shit up like when somebody just like gets like killed yeah the scariest part about that is like it's the same as like you know, me getting up and pouring a glass of water. You realize that, like, an action just happened. Yeah. And, like, that's that. Like, that person is gone. They're just gone now. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. like, like, yeah, until you're around that, which I, I guess, like, 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 when you, for people who go to war and, like, realize that, like, soldiers have, like, PTSD, like, it seems like one of the hardest things to deal with mm-hmm. was just, like, how quick it all happened and it, it's not like this grand moment like in the movies where it's like oh now this seems in slow motion mm-hmm, it's, all about, mm-hmm. it's just like oh there it is happened. yeah there exactly yeah well i think actually my i used to not be able to i didn't used to really not like these as much all the other stereotypical dangerous things oh i loved them <laughs> but i didn't really like true crime as much until i went through my situation out here mm. because i realized how quickly and maybe almost the opposite of you um, I realized how real this shit was when mm. something almost the same happened to me. I almost died. And so when I'm listening to these podcasts, it's just so interesting to me to kind of get in these guys or girls, mm-hmm. their heads, like what was really going on? What pushed them to the edge? 
Um, so maybe it's like a little bit of like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't watch them. I don't know. No, no. I mean, shit, they're, dude, they're definitely entertaining. Like I've, 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 I've been like, like accidentally fucking like hooked on some yeah. of these fucking things. Well, the ones know? that I think are the most interesting are like the ones that everything seems fine mm-hmm. on the outside. And then you're like, their child was in the basement. Yeah. And that one guy whose child was in their basement. And then like, he was looking for his kid. Yeah. Was that in Baltimore? Um, shit. I mean, crazy. I can't remember. I can't remember. But um, yeah, his kid was in his basement. He was like on the news. Oh, have you found my kid? The whole time, they him and his wife had him in a closet in the basement. Oh, well, shit like that happens in like the random parts of Maryland for sure. Um, Because Baltimore, but like Baltimore City, is mostly um, you have a bunch of people that are like willing to do anything to control the drug trade so yeah you know it's it's uh it's that's where things get messy and that's why i think drugs should be legalized if anybody wants to know my uh, my stance on this i think all drugs should be legalized i think they should be controlled and distributed Mm -hmm. and let people do it you Mm want to use meth until you die that's fine but at least then you're getting clean needles right you're having to pay for it over the counter or or even if you're not you're kind of taking the power away from these traffickers Mm -hmm. and not because like weed is bad or you know whatever drugs you want to do some of them are but more because when you don't have a government involved the only way to really hold somebody accountable is violence Mm -hmm. and so that's why it's not just in Baltimore, but even out here in LA, oh, yeah. the, it's the same thing with the violence out here. And you can tell the homeless, anybody with a brain knows yeah. why there's so many homeless. Right. Because there's so many drug dealers selling them shit. Right. And where's that coming from? Exactly. And if you, and, but, and it's corrupt too, because then you get the people that are making all this money and they don't want to go to jail and then they're paying off the government. So mm-hmm. just fucking legalize it all. Yeah. Yeah, man. You're going to eliminate a lot of problems. It's, uh, you see like, like, there, there's levels to it. It's like as that shit gets worse, mm-hmm. you realize that uh, a culture. The sad part is that you re- like the, the the beauty of culture is that culture can be anything, and that's also like the horrific thing about culture is that like wow, if something deep. happens over time. I don't know anything. About, I don't know about culture. You have to explain oh, to no, me what yeah, it is. No, no, but, no, I'm just kidding no, no. because I'm white. <laughs> Well, shit. I mean, it's, it's what is like, the definition of that word? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You said it, not me. But we have culture. It's doing scary things for fun, yeah, bro. It's the best, the best sandwiches I've ever had in my life. Oh, came that's from hilarious. Like, a white woman. Yeah. Oh, I'll exactly. make you one. Like to, just like taking my white friends like sandwiches they didn't want like and shit. Hell yeah, you guys got culture. I know. It's just a funny joke. Mm-hmm. But no, nah, no. Nah, I mean, it's crazy though. Like really, like it's it's um that's that's what it's about yeah Um, in cities like baltimore is um like the the language used like they think of themselves as soldiers wow you know what i mean like 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 it's so so that can only happen when like a culture is so deeply embedded yeah that you actually convince yourself that like yo like selling drugs in this little section of Mm -hmm. the city and like holding the block down and shit like i'm like a soldier a part of like a a mission and even using those words i mean i don't know how you're into this stuff you are but like i i don't use certain words just because i know that they 
they almost trick your mm-hmm. brain mm-hmm. into to thinking things. I won't yeah. let myself say anything negative yeah. about myself. Yeah. If I do, it's like I'm joking. Like I'll say I'm joking right. out loud. Exactly. I'm the same yeah. way. I'm I'm like very like 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 hyper aware of of language because language is fucking powerful. Yeah, and I learned a lot about this whenever I was going through my brain injury because mm-hmm. I even well I was I would research a lot about it because I didn't want to be like that forever. And one of the main things that I read repeatedly is that. Uh, repeatedly because I couldn't remember it, but I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but one of the things I uh, read repeatedly was that your brain will listen to what mm. you say. So whether it's the thoughts in your head yeah. or the things you say out loud, if you want your brain to create new neural pathways, you have to tell it that it can. If you tell it that it can't, if you say, oh, my memory sucks, I'm never going to get better, I'm never going to get better, I'm never going to get better, then you're never going to get better yeah. no matter what. Yeah. So that was one thing that it didn't like cure me overnight. That's not how it works. But that was one thing every day I told myself, you know, baby steps, it's going to get better. Let me do this today. Let me mm-hmm. try this today. Oh, I'm so happy I can finally do this again. And I would just really focus on the positives mm-hmm. until one day I woke up and I was like, wow, I feel great. Mm. Because wow. you don't feel good for years. Anybody who has, who's had, who has had a bad brain injury, I mean, and no one can see what's wrong with you. You just don't feel right for right. years. Yeah, wow. It's terrible. Yeah, man. You know, some you're just saying in terms of like just you know being aware of like what you're saying to yourself and about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I mean one of the things about like growing up and like and as you get older is like especially if you have like a, a dream that you know doesn't make sense to a lot of people like yeah you know, my whole life you know so so but something that like um especially in like the last uh because I'm, I'm 26 so i feel like i'm in oh, this wow. like part of my life where there are people who like are st- still you know shooting for what they want but there's a good chunk of people who have like actually just told themselves like it's not possible yeah and it's weird i feel like my my like one of my toxic traits is that i have I I almost I get like I, I like I've had to like cut off, and I've gotten like angry at friends that like because it doesn't it doesn't make sense why you would continue to suffer when you could just change your it, situation. It, you know you know what it is I the way I think about it is um, if there are so many things in the world that are either indifferent towards you or actively trying to like drain you of your time, mm-hmm. of your resources, mm-hmm. maybe even your soul. Mm-hmm. To me, it just doesn't make sense to not be your own biggest cheerleader. Yeah. It just like, like, and I'm not for people who like uh, um, are suffering from like, like a real, like, like so- something mental where like, that's not possible. Uh, I'm not even addressing it's it. I'm, possible. I had a brain injury and still did it. Right. But see, but <laughs> well, I'll, I'll speak, I'll speak from somebody who hasn't had to deal with that and say, like, yeah. look, I, at the very least, I haven't been in their shoes to know what that is. And you is. can be, and trust me, there were times where I was not, po- I wasn't positive poly the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, that's not realistic, mm-hmm. but I think what it is, is, you know, you get to these moments, like those forks in the road that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a terrible to be around during that time. I was depressed as mm. fuck. For, and I had good reason to be, but there's comes a time where you hit that fork in the road and you you make decisions mm-hmm. and you can either make this type of decision or this type of decision. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to give up. I'm just going to, I've decided I'm just always going to be this way. Yeah. Or you can say, I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. And I think um, I've had similar instances with friends, not really the same, but whether they're in relationships and they're just staying in them and they're abusive and 
oh, but he's good in the heart or whatever. And it's like, girl, just go get a job and leave him. Yeah. Like, just make it happen. Oh, I can't, I can't. I just can't relate to these girls anymore. Yeah. And I just have to cut them off. Yeah. Or partying. Girls yeah. going out partying. It's like, you're unhappy. All you do Bruh. is party all the time. I, I realized, I realized like, like what was, and the frustration came from a place of like, uh, these are people that I care about. Exactly. And you want better like, for them. Right. But then I realized, oh, yeah. like, at, like, it, like, like at some point I realized like, okay, the source of this is them. that, it, it not, not only that, and it's that, um, you're like, Nine times out of ten, this person that you're speaking to does not fundamentally understand that they have one life to live. Yeah. Like, like that's like the default template. Or they don't care. That like, ex- or they don't care. I like, I'm just like, so you're unhappy, and you're just gonna, like, I mean, I could think of a couple different friends, but I have one friend. She has big dreams. She's always talking about her big dreams. For ten years, I've been mm. a friend. And she's at four, three, four days out of the week, she's getting fucked up, hmm. getting drunk. And sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on here, but yeah. she's getting drunk. And it's like, you're not going to get anywhere. And it's like, for me, I didn't really get anywhere for the two, three years I had a bad brain injury. But mm. as soon as that shit was better, I mean, look at how I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I can't relate to people like that. Mm-hmm. And they always have a reason. They always have an excuse. And that's fine if that's how you want to live your life. But then you're still complaining. Yeah. And it's not me being mean. It's me wanting better for you right well no i mean it's hard to it's hard it is it's it is very very hard to be like sympathetic to people that are perfectly able-bodied and able-minded like to just like bro and 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 a lot of it comes from um just like not taking accountability and you just realize like oh damn like you're because you know, like, like if you've ever spent time with uh, people in like their fifties or sixties, that like you see some of them are like living it up and enjoying like the work and like 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 all the actions that they've made. You the can good see choices. it, yeah. You can see it so clearly when someone oh, is like their fifties so and sixties. Yeah, you see, like those fifties, like like I know a few people in their fifties and sixties that are still like, that are still on like the same like the fight party. or flight mode that somebody or in their the same 20s. pity party. Yeah, oh, yeah. I hate and that. like they're they're like my, jumping my from this to like that. that. My parents yeah. are pity party parents. Yeah, yeah. And I love them to death. And I mean, my mom. Well, I'm not gonna say too much about either one of them. I love them. They. I love them, but it's like, and they had us young. So Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing too. They had Mm -hmm. us young. So some of their childhood twenties to me or your childhood was kind of robbed from them. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I just remember watching them growing up and just being like, I don't want this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do everything I want to do. Yeah. And I'm not going to make any excuses. And maybe that's why I am how I am because they were so miserable and not really because of the kids, but just they did not like the choices that they made. Yeah. And so I made a decision to, for myself that I'm just going to do everything I can to get where I want to get yeah. so that I have no regrets in this life because mm-hmm. I kind of saw the trajectory that they were on. Right. You know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I saw that in basically almost all the adults in my life growing up. A lot of adults. Yeah. And, but then yeah. you meet certain people and you're like, wow, you really lived it up. Mm-hmm. My gymnastics coach growing up, um, I just feel like I 
looked up to her so much and she uh, was going to go to the Olympics. She broke her neck, but she moved out to California. She went to Cal State Fullerton and she opened up her own gym and whatever. She just had lived her life. She had traveled and done all these things. And so I really modeled myself after her. And that was one of the things that she taught me. Are you going to sit here and cry? Are you going to get up and do it? Mm -hmm. And thank God for her. Yeah. I was just a crybaby. Shit. Yeah, no, nah, man. I mean, I, I, um, yeah, someone who, like, again, like, I, I was uh, the kid that, like, uh, like, my report card would be, like, F, 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 A. Oh, really? You don't give yeah. those vibes. I know. Well, now I don't. Like, I, I, I mean, like, a lot of, like, you know, work has been That's cool. put in. But, like, yeah, no, nah, I was a kid. Like, I, I was always looking for some type of shortcut, always getting in trouble and shit. And, um... If it wasn't for, because like people like, be like especially out here, like uh, like the classical music culture is a lot stronger in the East Coast. Than yeah, it is. It out is. Here. So like when I tell people like, um, you know that because uh, I mean I don't really like give off like Beethoven vibes, you know what I mean? But like when I tell people I'm a classical musician, I'm like yo, like I, like that shit. It because it's such a rigorous like hard ass. Um, Art discipline form yeah it, yeah it, i played violin i know yeah exactly yeah. so like yeah. it, it taught me it ta like okay if i have a recital uh you know today's the 30th of july if i have a recital on november 1st and it sounds bad like i cannot lie and say that like i practice and worked hard and like oh something just went wrong that i day. know and you know i'm such mean? a good liar about that type of stuff too <laughs> right i took one college course one time didn't even buy the book <laughs> and i got an a i got 100 on every quiz because i was such a good bullshitter yeah and that's scary but but i am very thankful for gymnastics ballet violin right. and stuff like that because it taught me it taught me not just like how to be disciplined but how good it feels to be disciplined yeah. i've been able to get back in the gym now because during my brain injury you only get like a certain amount of brain injury or brain uh energy per day mm -hmm. and so i couldn't really work out that much mm. um so i've been getting back in the gym and i'm just like really disciplined with it sometimes i'm going twice a day and it feels so good yeah. to tell yourself no to some things to say yes for something better. Discipline feels good. Mm -hmm. And we've lost discipline in our culture. I don't know when we lost it. I feel like it was still around in the 90s. Well, I mean, I, I think... Um, so most people have, like, in two, I, I feel like too extreme of a, of a take in uh, when it comes to this. I, I will say, like, like, mine is that, like, um, I think we've gotten to a point where... And it came from a good place where, like, you want to let people know that, you know, you're fine where you're at. Like, you you're good enough the you're way you good are. Good enough, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I've always, I feel like the middle ground is that, like, there are things that clearly need to improve, mm -hmm. but you don't have to wait to love yourself before 1, you get there. 1,000%, for sure. But I think it's like gone to an extreme where it's like, oh, you're like, But loving yourself things. is dis being disciplined. Exactly. And that's what pe I think people are missing. Like, I mean, this is going to sound mean. I think I'm mean. But on like these little fucking TikTok dances, man, I hate them. <laughs> and the fact that you have famous, because I used to dance. Yeah. The fact that you have famous people for doing like, I like it's just so annoying. But even things like that, it's like you were glorifying this thing that's mm -hmm. she didn't it doesn't look good. Yeah. Like she's she's perpetuating the stereotype that white girls have no rhythm. <laughs> it's annoying. Like why not like 
and I guess I'm not saying that people that do just like do amazing things don't get glorified. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like we glorify normal things yeah, and yeah. I don't like that that much. I mean, I will say though that like, I kind of, cause like some people like, like, like get pissed off about it. I mean, there's entire podcasts that like are dedicated to just being like angry at like, you know, like, super left people that are like this and shit you know in the, but and I, I understand the sentiment yeah. of, of it's not like you have to be great at something to be worth mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. but i'm just saying i feel like we don't value hard work enough mm-hmm. in our and maybe it's just in our country i well, don't know i mean i've all i i i think um i actually kind of feel sorry for a lot of people that are going to find out probably in their 30s or late 20s mm-hmm. that like the reality of the the reality is that like yeah you you need something to offer to like society yeah period and li- yeah. like there is just no shortcut around that yeah like, and that's what i mean yeah people are all are so obsessed with the shortcut and it's not uh, life isn't as fun with a shortcut even comedy we'll go back to the where mm. we started the conversation mm-hmm. you do that in comedy by the way oh, yeah. yeah it's called <laughs> I, I think i forget the term but um we'll go back to what i was saying earlier about i don't want to cut corners mm-hmm. i want to do the time so that i have something really good to offer mm-hmm. i don't want to just get fam- i mean if i get famous i'm not going to fight it but there are opportunities for me to go and be famous by any means. I just don't really think that's my mm-hmm. route. Mm-hmm. You know, I could go, I know the people, certainly. Mm-hmm. I could come up with a plan. But I just want to get where I want to go just by being my authentic self and yeah. be, being good at what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, like, and maybe, maybe I, I feel like I've been in a bubble almost my entire life in that, like, I know it's, it's and you get it too, because, like, uh, being being like obsessed with a specific skill or trade at a young age is very uncommon. Mm-hmm. So, but you realize that like there is no greater gift in life than being really good at something. And knowing like, what you like and exactly. knowing what you love. And it's yeah. so funny because my mom really pushed the gymnastics thing. I liked the music, uh, but my mom really pushed gymnastics. And then it was wanted me to be an attorney. And I even started down that route. And I was a paralegal for a little while. And I was like, man, I'm too young and mm. too hot to be sitting at a desk. Like, I need to be out in front of people. Yeah. So, um, but it's so funny because I had that inside. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Mm. I just knew it since I was a, not even 11. I was five years old making videos. My dad would set up the camera on the TV and I would just be like, making my sister play these roles. Nice. It's crazy. It's like I was born to do it. Yeah. So, and I love it. And it's come to the point now where I'm, I'm so obsessed with what I do that I have to make myself stop working. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, and I like my, my friends, uh, in, in, you know, in their twenties as well. Uh, some late, some early uh-huh. that like are, they, they've like, you know, they've had a pattern of struggling to like just stick to something. Mm. It's really, really hard getting them to understand the value from sticking to something, even if that's not the thing that's going to be like the Your thing. forever thing. Like you just have to understand that there's like, there's like things, there's like patterns and cycles and like struggles yeah. you go through to get good at something yeah. that like are transferable to like 
other things. That's I feel the same way about gymnastics. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like I stuck through it for so long. And I know exactly like you kind of know what it feels like Mm -hmm. to be kind of really bad at something. And then all of a sudden, five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later, you're like, oh, my God, I'm one of the best ones now. And that's a really cool feeling. And I, I can't wait to have that feeling with comedy because my gymnastics career was cut a little short because my parents divorced. It's mm-hmm. really unfortunate. Um, but gymnastics is what taught me to even overcome that. Yeah. It's like, well, I'll just apply what I learned in gymna- gymnastics yeah. to this like emotional turmoil. Right. Which and I think it, is- and it happens too, like in, in stages. Like I remember um, like auditioning for uh, colleges and realizing like, damn, like, Look at how um, far uh, I've come from, like, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to, like, put the instrument together in fifth mm-hmm. grade. And then, like, from now, from, like, college auditions to, like, now being, like, you know, because, like, I feel like then, like, later in your professional career, it's about, like, it's the hardest, it's the, the hardest stage of your career is realizing, like, you're, like, at, like, 90% there. Mm-hmm. And that last, like, 10% mm-hmm. takes, ju- it's, like, it, it takes, like, a... Cause like you'll in any in any trade in any craft, like it should almost feel like you're going insane because of how like much you're like banging at this fucking wall and it feels like it's not coming down. Yeah. But like it's like oh no, nah, but relatable. It, it's, it is like a little bit like every single day it's it's coming down and like obviously it's like working it's out chipping where it's away like, at it. Yeah. yeah, like like when you lift for the first three months, like yeah, dude, that's bro, been happening. Just fucking, dude. Yeah. Well, so like I've been working out for a while and I was like getting so frustrated. I'm like, why is it taking so long? And then the other day I was looking in the mirror and I was like. Oh, wow. I see those muscles for sure. I just got to keep going. Um, And you know what I really like too, um, which I've been able to kind of rediscover within myself because during the brain injury, none of this, I was not this um, self-aware because I was just surviving. But now I can be really honest with myself, even when I'm doing something poorly. Mm. (laughs) This sounds so silly, but I think um, it's really important to to be that way with yourself. Oh, that, you know, I could have done better there. Oh, like, well, I made a bad decision. You know, I went and did Mm -hmm. this. I should have stayed home and, you know, focused, practiced my set or filmed this sketch or I don't know. Just, I like to be really, really brutally honest Mm -hmm. with myself and just try to be the best version of Mm -hmm. myself in every way. And I think, and I think, you know, going back to like that, you know, in terms of in our culture, like why some of that has gone away. Cause I think even what you just said right now, uh, there, yeah. I mean, I've, I've met plenty of people that genuinely don't know the difference between beating yourself up and like valid self-criticism. Yeah. And they think it's like all the same. So yeah. It's like if you critique yourself in any way, you're beating yourself up. Yeah. It's like, but it's like, nah, it's like, like you just said, you I'm literally, actually, Go ahead, sorry. No, like, you you know that if you had put in more time in this, yeah. it would be fucking better. I'd be better. That's just a fact. That's not you beating yourself up. It's actually up. a really high form of self-love because it's right. saying, okay, I would like to be the best that I can possibly be. So how on- how honest can mm-hmm. I be with myself mm-hmm. so that I can become the best version of myself? Because mm-hmm. realistically, we're all humans. Right. You're not just going to snap your fingers and be good at the violin right. or stand-up comedy or the, right. the tuba. You have to practice and practice and practice and practice and more than that you can practice a thousand the song a thousand times but if you're st- playing the wrong note mm-hmm. you're not getting any better exactly. you have to be honest with yourself okay what 
did I do or not do here that I could have done better? Mm -hmm. And it's fun. Mm -hmm. And I, that's what I like about comedy. It relates a lot. And actually going on stage is very similar to, to competing in gymnastics, mm -hmm. which is cool. It was cool for me because my gymnastics career ended early. So that's another thing I really liked about it that made me keep that's coming back. Um, but you're kind of always chasing this perfection. I think music is similar, but it's, doesn't exist yeah the nah. perfection doesn't exist yeah. but you're still chasing it yeah and, and you get you get to a point where like the grind is um like for me it's a lot less like romantic and like motivation based in the sense that like it's just the grind has just become such a part of my identity that mm -hmm. it's more of like a second there, nature there's just no other reality yeah it's like, like part of it's like taking a shower yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's like okay like this is this is like what we do mm -hmm. and that's that you know mm -hmm. so so but yeah man i mean I, I think um i think with with yeah with this with this generation younger generation i it's uh i just i just think it's going to be sad to see a lot of people get a dose of reality yeah and and probably realize that they were like lied to whether mm. like by by they lie to themselves or uh, were convinced by like other, which by the way, because it's funny, a lot of people in our, gener in our generation are listening to people and living like on the advice of people that like are on their level. Like they don't know what the fuck yeah. the next level requires, yeah. but like, yeah. like young people are like listening to each other and mm -hmm. it's like, bro, y'all are all, the, yeah. what, what are you like? You're yeah. all on the same level. Yeah. Like, so that it's going to be, it's going to be crazy seeing like, like, like everybody who's like, like 21 to like 25 right now, mm -hmm. like, like once that group like goes like 30 to 35, it's going to be, especially with like how like all, all the AI shit happening, that's like making it's, it's actually, making it even easier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, to it's be making lazy. it's making it's making it easier to be lazy and it's actually making the world more competitive because like mm -hmm. AI is like AI is knocking out a lot Bunch of like the jobs. entry level shit to like yeah. every industry. So that yeah. it actually means that like so like in, like what happens when culturally a generation that is like uh, uh, not competitive is being raised in one of like the most competitive times ever. Wow. I don't know. Like we're gonna see we'll what happens, find out. but yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, but I f I'm sure you feel the same way in terms. Like I feel privileged to have something that I just like. Like, like of course I love being fucking paid for it, but mm -hmm. like I know that I would do it for free, and mm -hmm. like that's it's just amazing to like mm -hmm. you know have that. So, yeah. but yeah, man. I mean, it's. Uh, and I know we're we're uh, running close to to the end here, but like, I guess to like end on a on a positive note, though, at least we're not those people. Yeah. So, <laughs> shit. Well, my kids won't be like that. Yeah, that's really I'm sure. for real. But like, yeah, it's um, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's um, it's, and I think I think I think where you're at, like, I'm I'm glad that like we're having this conversation now, cause mm -hmm. like I feel like I like I, as someone who looks at your content. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel like I, like I'm probably not qualified to say this, but like I know wherever you're trying to go, you're very, 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 very close. <laughs> I feel that way. You know, I feel and, like, that way. Sometimes it's yeah. helpful to see somebody who's outside of uh, your immediate craft 
to like know what like success looks like yeah. on it because yeah, yeah, like yeah. as a fan of comedy yeah. the fact that i feel similar looking or listening to your content as i do to like guys that are like bigger oh, thanks like yeah because what i mean compliment. of course it's your job to like focus on like all the little stuff every day yeah i don't even i don't even step back some yeah of the time. but i'm yeah. lucky to see like the whole picture and be thanks. like oh you're probably a lot closer than you actually think and i'm just like so obsessed with it um I'm just so obsessed with it. And I, I try it. Like I said, I just try to be really, really honest with myself. And then I get little in, in the alchemist, they call them omens. Oh, okay. I'm obsessed with that book, obviously. But no, I get, I get little like signs here and there where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm doing something right. Like the one was like, when I went to go do this one show and somebody come up and they knew who I was, I was like, that's weird, mm. you know? Um, so I think it'll come together, but Drake has a line in one of his songs about something. He said, you can see I'm pacing it so that I'm always chasing it. Mm. And that's like how I feel I about, know. yeah, I know. I love Drake. <laughs> if you're watching this, hit me up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know if I'm like quite like bootylicious enough for him, but I'll get a BBL if you want it. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I could say more, but I won't. But yeah, so that's, I, I literally am trying to do that. It's like, well, I'm I'm pacing it so that it's like, it's always exciting, it's always fun, and then I take try to take some time for myself. Like I'm getting ready to go to Europe in oh, nice. a week. I'm gonna do some stand up out there. I'm gonna try to do some in Scotland and try to do some in um, England as well. Nothing crazy, and I'm gonna be doing vlogs and and skits. But I am also just going to be like, okay, we're just gonna relax for yeah, a little bit. Yeah. We're not gonna focus on social media or like what's going on in America. We're just gonna take a boat in Italy and just yeah drink wine yeah you know yeah, dude. <laughs> so yeah Shit, I'm, I'm jealous man. well <laughs> not oh yeah because i'm poor me living in santa monica yeah but, you have it really yeah, bad yeah. <laughs> yeah but um shit man i uh on that note though uh man this was fucking great i'm yeah, I'm, I'm so glad so that you. thank you you too like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad that um uh it worked out schedule wise and that like you just took the time to be here but of course yeah definitely yeah. learned a lot i appreciate yeah, it yeah it's happy and now we have new a new friend i exactly. have a new friend for yeah real. yeah <laughs> but um yeah no for everybody uh listening as usual thank you but uh yeah we're out peace guys. see ya